You're spewing propaganda. Welcome to episode number 164 of Grumpy Old Benz for Friday, May 28th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where if you can now run away from the cops, they'll just let you go. And from America's left coast, where Jeff Bezos is stepping down to focus on his true hobbies, world domination, white cats, and creative ways to kill James Bond. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, he's got more than enough money, so that's okay. He has the cash. And, I mean, uh, he's not stepping away. He's still got all his cash. He's still got all his stocks and he's still going to be chairman of the board, but he's not going to be CEO anymore, which is less hassle. He can go. I mean, he needs to find a new woman, right? That's uh, uh, you think that's going to happen. Well, actually, lots of people are attracted to money and can overlook uh, other obvious character flaws. I think he'll find someone. Yeah. Cash buys a lot. Yeah. But here in Chicago, I mean, normally we're telling you how many people were shot when we come out of the weekend onto a Monday show. But there's some more Chicago news, which is because of the mayor, Lori Lightfoot. There is a new foot pursuit policy for the Chicago police, which I like, <laughs> like only pursue if it goes by a donut shop. Is that how, where are we going with this? Well, you see, we talked about the case of the kid, Adam Toledo who was killed by the Chicago police because, you know, he was 13 and that was horrible, but the media didn't want to cover that he had a gun in his hand and was running from the police. But, you know, the pursuit, obviously, was the problem. That's why the kid got killed was because of the pursuit, you understand, because the police were daring to chase him. And uh, Mayor Lightfoot had a statement in this because uh, because people people would never commit crimes if they knew they wouldn't get chased for them. Right. This is the logic going on here. And this was a statement by the Chicago police in cooperation with Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who said, quote, because foot pursuits are one of the most dangerous actions that police officers can engage in, we cannot afford to wait any longer to put in a policy in place to put a policy in place that regulates them. The important parameters outlined in this policy will not only protect our officers, the public and potential suspects during foot pursuits, but it also serves as a step forward in our mission to modernize and reform our police department. Pro- protect the officers from that inconvenient ability to do their job. Yeah. So the so what, new, what we're saying is that uh, we're going to see more helicopter pursuits. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know when I consider police pursuits. That was the first thing that came to my mind, which is I would think vehicle pursuits are a lot more dangerous to the general public and to the officer and to any suspects. Well, they, they certainly do a little bit more damage when going down a narrow alley or, say, the hallway of a tenement. Yeah, I don't understand where the foot pursuits are all that dangerous. I mean, maybe a citizen gets knocked over or something on a sidewalk. But as you said, getting knocked over by the car for a vehicle pursuit would seem to be a little bit more. But now, if it's not... 
at least a class A misdemeanor, they won't even chase you. Yeah, because the cop is supposed to decide in in the three seconds that he has to decide whether or not to pursue is is going to somehow know that what the what the prosecutor what charge the prosecutor is going to like oh actually you know what this in this case the the class two misdemeanor looks right but the three misdemeanor probably won't stick so uh you know what i'll just not no no these people already have a, a bunch of snap decisions they have to make like am i going to live through the next 30 seconds and trying to make them decide is you know, not only is this a crime, which has already been demonstrated to be very, very difficult to some cops, which which have been demonstrated in many places to be hired based on. Are you dumb enough to not refuse the job? Um, it, it, trying to make them decide whether or not there's a crime. That's enough. Stop trying to also make them decide what class the misdemeanor is. This is this is way too much. And I'm not just saying this because some cops are dumb. I'm saying it because. When your life is on the line, you don't want to be doing actuarial tables. Well, yeah, and we all agree that there are some bad cops in the system. That doesn't mean you stop enforcing the laws. This is uh, there are is, some bad mayors in the system, too. <laughs> you think Lori Lightfoot? Um, so, yeah, I don't know the logic behind this, but I looked it up then. I'm like, OK, what in Illinois qualifies as a class B misdemeanor, which, of course, would be below the class A? that they won't even now pursue you for a uh, criminal trespass. So if somebody's on your property and the cops come, okay. as long as the person <laughs> jogs away, they can't you stop know, the, them. The hilarious <laughs> thing is that means that means somebody can uh, it wait, can like, okay, criminal trespass. That includes burglary. Maybe. I don't know. I was thinking like, about that because that may can, be breaking they, and entering is different. Yeah, rather than if they can break into your home and not get in trouble for it but if you shoot them i bet you're gonna see cops <laughs> yeah a few of them uh but just even criminal trespass so if somebody's on a property illegally the police are called as long as the person can jog away they won't be pursued a telephone harassment is a class b misdemeanor and it's way harder to find those people in order to uh in order oh, yeah. to chase them via foot uh possession of cannabis although i thought that was now legal here in Chicago, so this may just be an older uh, article that I when I look it up the uh, the misdemeanors aggravated or or it's legal now and they're going to be oh yeah legal wink wink and still harass people if they want to. Actually, this I thought was interesting too. Aggravated speeding. So if you're going 31 miles over the posting speed limit, the posted speed limit, that's a class B misdemeanor. So now I guess if you get pulled over for that, you could just get out of the car and jog away. You know, not everybody who's who's speeding is aggravated. Some of them are just joyriding. <laughs> right. Computer tampering, obstruction, littering was one. So I thought that was interesting, too, which means a cop can oh, see littering, you. They need to send out the SWAT team. <laughs> Let's just say a cop sees you and you just take a garbage bag and you just empty it there on the street and he starts walking up to you. As long as you jog away, they will yeah. not pursue you. Sure. Well, uh, and, and uh, let's let's try to redefine littering, too. That includes uh, if you if your litter consists mostly of small lead pellets that come from the sky. Yeah. That's just littering, right? Yeah, that's just yeah, just putting some lead into the uh, into the environment. The one that I thought was maybe the most interesting on the list was window peeking. And I'm assuming that means peeping toms. Like, yeah. So, I, OK, you can now I, you can now legally I mean, not legally, but if you're a peeping Tom. In Chicago, it's great well, it's, because if the cops just come as, up, 
you, just as legal as, as stealing $900 from a shop front in San Francisco. That's legal now. Well, it's legal here, which, too. Quote, unquote, legal. No, but you won't you won't get in any trouble. So what's the point? Right. And, and that is a very important discussion. I believe that the people in power, you know, the mayor Lightfoot and other people in cities that are doing this. I'm I'm going to put power in air quotes. To yes. Go on. I think you have to. But nobody's having that conversation, which is what is the difference from making something legal and just saying you're not going to prosecute it? Because I think saying you're not going to prosecute it does make it legal, because that means people know there will be no repercussions if they do said thing. So how is that illegal? Just like, well, it's illegal. Oh, well, I'm not going to be charged. Well, because legal is a useless term, uh, it, it is used to frame discussions and it is used to to build policy around. But in general, legal or illegal, you know, I'm I'm probably sitting here right now doing something illegal that I don't know about. And it's just because somebody some some policy wonk, some to to, to steal a term from Larry, some ASTCO, uh used a a, a, a pen to create a set of rules that they wrote down somewhere that said thou shalt not do this. And uh, that means absolutely nothing unless there's consequences for it. Because if, if somebody, you know, if somebody says, I don't want you doing this, I don't care uh, unless it's going to have some effect on me. I'm, I'm not actually so over socialized that I have to follow every rule that's written down no matter what. Uh, but if there are consequences, then then it becomes a matter of uh, do I want to risk that or not? And so is it illegal to, uh, you know, run away from a cop or to uh, a shoplift under nine hundred dollars? Sure, but that doesn't even matter. Will you get in trouble? No. So will people do it? Hell yeah. Yeah. There, the end result is pretty much. The same as making these behaviors completely legal, because when yeah. you know there will be no repercussions, I mean, we always go back to you know us growing up as kids. You knew there were certain things you can get away with that your parents would just yell at you. And, oh, yeah. And then there were things that if you did it, you were going to get taken to the woodshed. Yeah, I might, you know, my dad, don't touch my tools. And if I took his hammer and nails out and started pounding them into the uh side of the house as long as uh you know i could put the hammer back and he didn't notice the nails it was all good right and if there were no repercussions for anything you did would you have done more dumb things as a kid i yeah <laughs> i mean i think and that's I true for everybody <laughs> yeah and, and you know what there was no shortage on that list anyway right right so. it was a pretty long list the scary thing about this press release which will be linked in the show notes was language like we did a bunch of focus groups in regards to how they should. Of course they did. It's like, really focus groups on how to deal with foot pursuit. I mean, and I bet those focus groups were entirely minorities (laughs) and, and other uh, disadvantaged groups who, who never get a fair shake in life, despite the fact that they're the only ones being given opportunities. It should have all just been the criminals who have run from the police before. That would have been, they're disadvantaged. That would be the perfect group except that, to talk except to. Except that, is it, I mean, is it really good policy if, if the only people you ask are other bureaucrats? 
No, no, that's true. I mean, you want to get some sane people involved. Or did you mean the criminals on the streets? All of that. I mean, this is like, okay, who's the focus group? Who's deciding this is the uh, the right way to go? But also, the department, of course, will hold a live virtual webinar on June 1st to review the policy and answer questions from the public. So that should be interesting and see if anybody actually gives a crap. Uh, community groups being invited in. And I get that. I understand that. That makes sense. Talk to people that are leaders in the community, but you have to understand that doing all of this stuff, like you said, in their mind as a cop, you have to, if you're called to a convenience store where there's a you know robbery in progress, well, one, you don't know how much was taken. You don't know if necessarily if the person had a knife or a gun. You have a lot of questions that have to be answered. and. If you have to go through a whole checklist before going, well, I'm going to pursue or I'm not going to pursue is a little bit crazy. But this I I think it's just too much to ask a person to do in the heat of the moment. Yes. And this is uh, an issue because, as we're already seeing, the response will be, well, then we just won't chase anybody. And that means crime will continue to go up. Well, I think in in the troll room, the the bully steed actually had the the right answer to this. Uh, Bully steed said robo dogs, uh, which uh, not just dogs, but drones in general. At some point, uh, you know, as as we continue to replace all essential people with robots, um, you're going to see more and more robot cops, which have all the computing power. You know, they have the ability to go out to to the cloud and say, you know, does this look, you know, They'll, they'll just send a request out to AWS somewhere and then trigger some somebody trying to log into a website. It's going to have a CAPTCHA show, you know, click on every square with a misdemeanor on it. This and, is a criminal. You know, do, please do it quickly because the dude's about to start running. And then Wait, they'll have the, like their, their yeah. robo dog will chase somebody down and that can get that can get down the alley pretty easily better than a vehicle. Well, the cap should just be a picture of the person with. Is this a criminal <laughs> with a question? Yeah, mark. maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there'll be there'll be I am not a robot. And right under that check here, if this is a misdemeanor. Yes. Yeah. You know, check here if this is a misdemeanor third class or C or is this a felony? Highlights of the policy include reminding officers to begin any interaction with tactics meant to reduce the possibility of a foot pursuit. Now, can we break this down? This is from the Chicago you mean Police like, Memo. You mean like asking somebody what they're doing with that TV as they climb out the window? Or asking them not to run? I mean, what is... Yeah. What are... In, how do you start an interaction? If you're a cop and you're going to be interacting with somebody who we believe has committed a crime quite recently, what are the tactics that would reduce the possibility of a foot pursuit? Shoot him. Really, shoot him, right? Uh, right shoot him in the leg that would totally reduce the possibility they're gonna run away we're gonna, uh, we're, uh, we're gonna i mean if we have to think about this rationally like you're a cop in chicago and you're getting all these new rules it's like you are not allowed to chase people if they run away okay well then they're not gonna be able to run away are they yeah it's like hey jim they said we got to start all of these uh things with something to make sure that they uh, reduce the possibility they're not gonna run what should we do ah uh, let's just shoot them all right that's cool i mean it'll work it will it would it would greatly reduce the number of people who would run from the police but it's like that's that's your that's the first thing in this memo from the police department that you're reminding officers to begin interactions with tactics meant to reduce the possibility of a foot pursuit i have no freaking idea what that means but 
okay. I, I have no doubt that every cop in Chicago is going to have a mandatory 16 hours training session where they are told exactly how to do this. Yes, yeah, yeah. And if you don't do it exactly correctly, then you're going to be in trouble. The second bullet point, defining foot pursuits as appropriate only when there is probable cause for an arrest or it is believed an individual has committed, is committing, or is about to commit a crime. <laughs> I mean, well, you, this is Chicago. You can generally assume that's true regardless. Yeah, of anybody. Yeah. I mean, this is, I don't understand. It's foot pursuits are only appropriate when there's probable cause for an arrest. Okay, I get that. If there's probable cause for an arrest, you already saw something, you... Wait. So, so, that's, so everything you said in point one goes out the window if they believe that there's a crime in pl- place? That's it's, kind of the way I would take it because then nothing's changing. This does nothing. <laughs> there's always if a cop is there. You know, first of all, there's too damn many laws in the world. Of course, everybody is always guilty of a crime at every time. And even if they're not, Chicago cops have demonstrated in the past, and I'm not accusing any particular one, but there have been there are always going to be cops who are willing to be like, well, of course, I found this little baggie of drugs at the scene or, or what, you know, of course, I thought that my life was in danger when he pulled out that coin and flashed it at me. Right. But explain I, yeah. to me why this would even be in a bullet point directly from the Chicago police saying oh, uh, appropriate only. When it's believed an individual has committed, is committing, or is about to commit a crime. So even the is about, even you haven't even committed a crime. We believe, right. We now believe you're about to commit a crime. I mean, I don't know exactly what that means, that maybe you've pulled the gun on the cashier, but you haven't said, give me your money yet. You know, I, no, no, it's it's you walked in to the store and you happen to be in in a demographic group that they've decided is you're, you're guilty already. I, I mean, like a, 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 a dark skinned person walks into a convenience store in the wrong part of town and somebody's going to be somebody is going to come to the conclusion. Oh, he's about to rob that place. I, it, I there's way too much in, area for interpretation. Yeah, you so did, far. However, so the, far, the pre-crime have- thing. The pre-crime angle did make me think of, you know, of course, this is all Minority Report, which is was a, a great movie, if if not a little too much on the nose. Um, but that's the drone, you know, the the Robo Dogs still not agile enough. We need those spiders from Minority Report. Oh, no, that would be cool. But so far, we have two bullet points that say start the interaction with tactics meant to reduce the possibility of foot pursuit. But foot pursuits are appropriate if somebody has committed, is committing, or is about to commit a crime. So I still don't get anything. So, no, it sounds like this does nothing. It's just words. Got it. The third bullet point, prohibiting foot pursuits stemming from minor traffic offenses, which, again, they're really pushing on this. And it's like, what do you mean by traffic offense? Because I don't know who's in a vehicle and how are you chasing them by foot? uh, Are they saying that they're not allowed to chase somebody on foot if they're in a car and they, they, (laughs) like, oh, that guy ran a stop sign in his car. Don't chase him on foot. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Chicago cops who wouldn't be able to make that uh, more than a block or so <laughs> if uh, they had to chase the vehicle. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm thinking maybe this is jaywalking. But although is that a, it's not a traffic offense if you jaywalk, is it? I don't think so. So, uh, well, I well, I don't know. I don't know how it is in Illinois. According to Washington state law, in order for it to be a traffic offense, you have to be in control of a vehicle. Yes. So I don't know. That could be a bicycle. So maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. You know, I don't understand the uh, that concept. The fourth bullet point, 
it this uh, new policy will detail tactics to avoid a foot pursuit, including continual communication with the suspect and encouraging officers to position themselves in such a way to reduce the opportunity for a foot chase. So you mean surround okay. the people? That's your <laughs> I, 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 well, the, the continual communication, though, what that tells me is don't let up on the trigger of the taser. <laughs> well, yes, just keep keep on uh, keep on talking to them, though, while you do that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the electrocution is a form of communication. You're communicating electrons. I just don't understand unless unless we're starting to send uh, foot cops out in packs of like eight. How do you position yourself in a way to reduce the opportunity for a foot chase? Usually, if somebody on foot sees a cop, they turn the other way and run. So I don't know how if you have two cops. Well, there's still two ways to run. I mean, at least there's. uh, Yeah, most most. Yeah, I, I let's assume for a moment that Chicago cops are not corrupt. Uh, giving somebody directives that are self-contradictory and don't make any sense. The only way that that you can follow this without consequences of of flouting the regulation is to become corrupt. I I, I mean, yes. if if this is what comes out of the mayor's office in Chicago, it's no wonder the cops are are derided for selective enforcement. They have to, according to this sort of thing. The next one, no better, outlining alternatives to foot pursuits that should always be considered by officers, including, get this, establishing a surveillance or containment area and or apprehending the suspect at another time or place. That seems like a great idea, doesn't it? I mean, if they knew this is uh, this is just absolute insanity. I think we're back to shooting him. <laughs> I, mean, what, what, I mean, what you described is, is you know, we, we either stop them now or we let them go and hope that they show up at home and we can catch them there. Kind of. That is. Which is, I mean, the chance of that happening is real low. You know, but, it is just nuts. Like, oh, we could. Well, let's have a containment area. Like, what do you mean by that? I don't understand how you think you're going to. It uh, means put down plastic before you shoot them. <laughs> well, at least things you can be cleaned up a whole lot easier. Yeah. Uh, they now have to discontinue foot pursuits if someone is injured and requires immediate medical assistance. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So if you make it that whole block and you have a coronary. You know, or I'm just saying if a suspect, say, pushes an old woman down while oh, they're yeah. in, then somebody is injured. OK, then the police stop to help the injured person rather than continuing on with the foot pursuit. Uh, if officers are unaware of their location, I'm like. What do you mean by what? that? I, they, I mean, that's a that's kind of a basic job requirement is yes. you have to be aware of where the hell you are. Yes. So, I mean, you're chasing somebody and then you're like, I'm unaware of my location. I mean, I, I guess maybe if you can't radio in your location and you don't know what cross streets you're by or something like that. But that I mean, was- maybe if they yeah, like maybe if you chase them into a sewer grate and you end up in the Morlock under city and you're like, I've never <laughs> been here before. Welcome to the welcome to the deep tunnel underneath. Sure. Chirac, man, yeah. it ain't good. Uh, or like, the need uh, to you know, I, I, I went in over by Lake Michigan and suddenly I'm in Detroit. Yeah, there is one of them <laughs> damn big, deep tunnels underneath the city. Well, there's a lot of tunnels under Chicago uh, going back to prohibition times and stuff like that, too. Uh, but if the need to apprehend the subject is not worth the risk to responding officers, the public or the sus- or the subject, like, I don't I don't know how the, they also talk about things like. If, you know, they come uh, 
if they can no longer see their partner. So if there's two cops and one's fast and one's not, the minute you lose visual contact or, with or, your partner, you should stop. Or, or one's in the vehicle trying to get around to the other end of the alley so you can actually catch the dude. Yeah. And uh, the, the one that I thought was interesting was the uh, foot pursuit would have to be terminated if officers engaged believe they would not be able to control the suspect if a confrontation were to occur. So does that mean? If, so that means no stopping big guys. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And I'm six foot six, like 300 pounds. I'm like, so well, you're damn. Saying, I, right. I, nobody's going to chase me because they won't be able to uh, control the suspect once they catch up to them. There's just so much weird stuff. In yeah. This. Okay. So, so bureaucracy is retarded and Chicago is corrupt. That's what I'm getting out of this story. Yeah. And uh, the one thing that makes sense, officers engaged in foot pursuits must activate body cameras to record the incident. And that I'm all for, for both sides, because one that protects the public and two, it protects how, the cop. I mean, I how don't is know. that not on 24 seven? I, I mean, don't know. SSD space is really cheap. Yeah. I mean, there is more than enough. You're right. For SSD cards, there's more than enough to cover a shift to have the thing running the whole time. And uh, I mean, it helps everybody. I'm sure some cops hate this. You know, if you're sitting in your squad car, it's hard to have a private conversation with your partner. But in the case of you having an interaction with anybody in the public in this litigious society, body cameras should be a good cop's best friend. Yeah. If if you're a good cop, then that is your best friend. If you're a bad cop, then let's try to make it so you're not a cop anymore, which. Uh, maybe some people are against that sort of thing. So now if you're coming to Chicago and you want to commit some crime, you understand what you need to do with the foot with a foot pursuits yeah. involved. Yeah, just do do the crime in front of an overweight cop on foot and you're golden. Yeah. Just you know what? Be nice, though. Leave him a few bucks. For, oh, yeah. Yeah. For some. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, cops are like the, the homeless people. You want to throw a little change into their hat when they collapse, ho- clutching their chest. Yeah. And in a follow-up that has nothing to do with Chicago, the uh, cop that mocked LeBron James in a viral video has now been fired, but it had nothing to do with the viral video. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, no, he 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 moved on. He's uh, he's got job offers at at much more gra- gracious. Uh, he will. Yeah. There, there's no question he people will. People who actually appreciate that sort of thing and want somebody to think for themselves, yeah. Yeah, for people just to be logical and honest it is just very strange for me at a little over 50 years old that growing up and you could say well you lived in a suburban area but racism really wasn't a thing i went to a high school in chicago there were plenty of black students and there was no racial problem between the black kids and the white kids there just wasn't so the fact that this seems to be getting worse well, again rather than been better. Told, told, they hadn't been told by their teachers that they were supposed to hate each other. Right. That's that's the problem with kids. They don't know that they are supposed to hate people based on skin color unless you tell them that's what teachers unions are for. Right. You got to let them know that the the people that don't look like them are bad. They're, those are the enemy. They do not respect you. We should have equity. And uh, it's all just insanity that's building up more and more. And I just I don't get it. And I keep hoping that at some point some kind of logic would start coming back into things. But logic is not coming back. Things seem to be getting worse. I I thought it was interesting. Uh, uh, 
there was uh, the head of the flight attendants union. There was a statement that was out that unruly behavior from plane passengers, they said, has never been as bad as it is right now. And well, could that be because the uh, unreasonable demands of of the airlines has never have never been as draconian as now? No, I don't believe that has anything to do with it. I think once like, people are like, on the I think what this is, is, you know, uh, put put your mask back on in between bites of that sandwich. No, that has nothing to do with that. Okay. I mean, this I mean, this I think all comes down to the everybody gets a trophy thing. The nobody can tell me what to do. I don't have to follow your rules. And it doesn't matter where I am. This is not unless there's consequences. <laughs> well, that is it. This is it's like, OK, I mean, for the longest time. And I don't know if things have been relaxed in one way, shape or form when it comes to things that happen aboard airplanes. But this was one of the places you just didn't want to mess around with anybody. There was a uh, a a scuffle on I believe it was a Southwest flight recently where. The flight attendant lost some teeth, so I don't know. Uh, well, that seems excessive. Yeah, but the concept that people just don't want to listen. And, and nobody, nobody, no, I, tell me, at least one person on the plane, please tell me this happened, said, why don't you two take it outside? <laughs> yes, and here's, here's, a, here's a parachute for one. <laughs> Whoever wins gets the parachute. <laughs> That's, yes. That's perfect. That's one way to take care of it. But I I think this is uh, a concept or or something that is a uh, is happening because of all of this stuff. Like, well, you could steal nine hundred ninety nine dollars and that's fine. Nobody's going to do anything to you. I believe that overall people believe there will never be any repercussions for anything because you're seeing on the news nightly, you know, people getting hit in the face in New York, people getting shot. Nobody's getting prosecuted. We're seeing riots. We're seeing looting. Nobody's getting prosecuted. So, of course, behavior is going to continue getting worse and worse and worse. And this is the problem when you have a nation of laws. You could say you're a nation of laws, but if you're not actively enforcing those laws, then the laws mean nothing. And that's what we're seeing. So. My my uh my big story is Amazon has become a political football and uh, the tides are turning against them. Have you heard this one? What which tides? I mean, I know uh, they're, they're well gobbling uh, up things. It, it, the I mean the 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 tide of of culture uh uh you know Twitter um M5M uh politicians who you you know they claim to be leaders but really just do whatever they think that the the mob wants them to do. Um. I, I pulled a bunch of information on on Amazon, and it's a bunch of of stories all put together. The first one is, of course, Jeff Bezos has announced he's going to step down uh, as CEO. Uh, somebody named Andy Jassy is taking over, uh, who came from the cloud computing division. Uh, he's going to be hanging out with uh, Bill Gates, trying to find new wives. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe you know, or or trying to come up with ways to, to further screw people over as a philanthropist. I don't know. I don't know what exactly his deal is. I just know that the guy literally looks like a Bond villain and is kind of acting like one. And he just needs the white cat and to the, you know, the camera shot that won't show his face. Um, pulled some uh, interesting stats on Amazon for 2020, or at least their fiscal year. Um, they added 500,000 new employees in 2020. 
That's pretty impressive. Half a million people work for Amazon that did not in 2019. And that, by the way, uh, their total global workforce is now 1.3 million. So at Amazon, 40% of the people who get paychecks from Amazon uh, were not there when when this whole pandemic started. So well, if yeah. you think, you know, what what do you think happened when when the government stepped in and forced every small business, every restaurant, every mom and pop shop to go out of business forcibly? What happened? Oh, all that money, of course, went to Amazon. Um, they made three hundred eighty six billion in sales, uh, which is up thirty eight percent over twenty nineteen. Uh, their biggest revenue was the cloud computing division with forty five billion. See, that was a surprise. It, is it? No, I, I mean, I, everybody. Be. I mean, we know I, I, that they're a behemoth when it comes to the retail space. And I mean, we know I mean, most people, you know, unless you're dudes named Ben. Unless you're into all the tech, your average person has no idea what AWS is and how much Amazon has a footprint. But I mean, the the entirety of society went online in the last year. And Amazon is is kind of the default go to for if you need to stand up a service online. Uh, Not only that, but I mean, 45 billion doesn't seem that bad when you look at the, the prices they charge on an AWS cluster. Well, that's but, yeah. They have to make some cash. Come on, don't be mean. They, and and they do quite a lot. It turns out. So, um, yeah. Uh, the the big news stories from Amazon, though, not not just uh, Jeff Bezos was uh, the you you remember the big story is that they are uh, in in classic huge company style. They're like, we have all this money, we need to spend it on something. Let's go ahead and get bigger. So they are buying MGM Studios. Yes, and I was kind of disappointed though they wouldn't control. The James Bond franchise. There's a lot of stuff that MGM well, put out. But not they, entirely. No. Uh, uh, well, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Barbara Broccoli at all. The, that family still controls the direction of the franchise. But really what that means is that they're going to continue making James Bond movies at their own rate. And there's not going to be a James Bond TV series. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like that that. If if Amazon had full control, they'd be like coming up next James Bond the series, and it'd you know star Ryan Reynolds or something. It'd completely change the tone. <laughs> well, that'd actually, be good. I'd watch I'd watch Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, but, it would be a reimagining. Yeah, but I, I I understand that the people who could, but that yeah, uh, James Bond is one of the I I, I pulled up the uh, MGM library, the things that Amazon is getting. Uh, uh, first of all, the studios, they are going to take over United Artists, Orion, Hanna-Barbera, Polygram, Interscope, and Dimension Pictures. Um, they are now going to have a pretty exclusive rights to control uh, where you can see uh, James Bond, The Pink Panther, Rocky, RoboCop, Poltergeist, Legally Blonde, and the Bill and Ted franchise. Whoa. Uh, as well as TV shows, Handmaid's Tale, Fargo, Shark Tank, and Real Housewives. Uh, all of these things you can, uh, if, if you want to know what effect this has, because it's two big companies merging, who cares? What effect is it going to have to the average person is that you'd better have Amazon Prime or you can't watch, you can't stream any of those anymore. Um, and that's, that's really the crux of why Amazon is making this deal is that, uh, Amazon Prime is trying to ha- have been trying to compete head to head with Netflix and Disney Plus and, with Hulu 
And uh, Amazon is at this moment uh, the number two streaming service on the Internet. Netflix is still eating their lunch. The Netflix originals, they they got in really early back in, I think, 2010, 2011, where they started making Netflix originals because they saw the writing on the wall where the big studios were going to start asking for too much money. And so uh, Netflix has a deep library that they've been building for a while. Amazon wants a deep library because if you are a streaming service, the way you compete is not on blockbusters. It's not on brand new stuff. It's not even on current TV shows. It's who has the deepest library of stuff that people can just click in and tune their brains out. And Netflix has a lot in their library uh, with an addition of over 4,000 films and 17,000 TV shows. Amazon is going to jump up in that library list. Well, and it makes sense. It is. It's all about the intellectual property, being able to take characters that somebody else created and reimagine them because they've been doing that long before. Yes. This. And, so uh, so expect. Yeah. Expect the, the the Pink Panther legally blonde crossover movie now. There'll be, well, there'll be reboots of some of those things. And yeah. it really is the older content. Bill and Ted versus RoboCop. Okay, you'd watch that. You totally know. I would watch, watch that. the crap out of that. Uh, but this is where older television shows are still viable. Although, I mean, I'll, I'll mention again, watching through MASH again, that uh, not politically correct. And oh. which is what oh. makes it oh, really sorry. entertaining. I got distracted by the troll room. Bully Steeda says uh, a female James Bond. <laughs> well, you know, it's going to happen. You know, that's going to happen. Yeah, that's going to happen. What the? And, yeah. Ah, and it's making me angry. I'm fine with them making that movie, but don't call it James Bond. Create another character. Create Money Penny. Like the Bond franchise has kind of been sexist since by today's standards since it started. But but like they have strong female characters in the series. They could have a spinoff show where Money Penny gets a double O and it does great. They don't have to to reimagine anything. Yes. But, yeah. It could exist in the same world. You know, unlike totally rehashing it which a lot of the uh, comic book franchises learned the woke franchises didn't really work so well people were not interested in them that is always the trick is being able to make content that hits all the uh, right things and avoids the things that people don't like and i think going th- you don't need to make james bond a female but you could have in that same world, like you said, it could be money. I, I think it could they be anybody. Do. It could be what? I, I think they do need to make James Bond a female. I think they're going to do that. But will I, it be? I, oh, wait. I, well, the, here now. Here's the ultimate, though. Will the movie start with James Bond as a male? And then he yeah, can maybe transition? he'll be transitioning. Yes. Yeah. There you go. He'll, he'll have been taking hormones at the end of the last movie. <laughs> and yeah, I, I can see this. Yeah, I, mean, I, would, it, it, I wouldn't doubt it. I, actually, no, I wouldn't see that. I'd go I'd I'd go to the next theater over and watch Bill and Ted versus Rocky. That would be more interesting. Uh, but Amazon ad revenue double the total of Snapchat, Twitter, Roku and Pinterest combined. So that was also I thought. An yeah, interesting that sounds stat. right. Yeah. I, I mean, part of the reason that they part of the reason MGM was totally purchasable. I mean, they'd been shopping around for a year or so. And uh, the big part of that is that their film studio revenue had gone down year over year. By an incredible 83%. 2020 was not a good year for film studios. Uh, well, nor it MGM, was 2019. To be fair, it was going down before COVID hit. And COVID just made it 
totally well, bottom out. Uh, MGM in particular, uh, No Time to Die, which was the fifth, sixth Daniel Craig Bond movie. I don't remember. I'm not following them. But uh, the, the next James Bond movie, which was supposed to come out a year ago, uh, got delayed because they didn't want to bring it out when nobody could go to the theaters. And the result is that they're, you know, they're based on hits. They they try to get their entire year's worth of revenue from one hit. And if they don't release it, uh, they uh, Amazon got this studio for a steal at only eight and a half billion. <laughs> yeah, well, because the intellectual property is worth a lot. The just calling it a James Bond movie will bring people in. There's no question. Yeah, if than, they're allowed. Well, yeah, yeah, if, if that is true. But the one thing I mean, I think that needs to be pointed out with as evil as the company may have grown, as bad as Bezos may be, as much of the crap that we've had to talk about over the last couple of years here on Grumpy Old Ben's, when it comes to Amazon, I think it just needs to be pointed out that in both of our lifetimes, it means maybe some people listening to us are a little bit younger, but within our lifetime, Jeff Bezos was just a guy running a company out of his parents' garage. And I think that should be pointed out for people who think, no, give me government, give me handouts. I can't make it. Bullshit. He, it's it's the American dream, which, by the way, is was a lot easier 40 years ago than it is today. Is it? Uh, See, I'm not sure about that. I, I, yes, because there's there is now a culture of of uh, if if you get ahead of your fellow man, you must be torn down. And that that was not the American culture of of the go, go, go entrepreneurship of 50 years ago. No, the attitudes. You're right. The attitudes suck. But the technology has made it so an individual can do way more. One, this we, is true. You know, you can you can be a broadcaster like we are and go worldwide just sitting in your office, sitting in your basement, you know, on your perch, wherever you are there on the uh, on the left coast. You could write a program. You could write an app, a game, whatever it is. Get it in one of the app stores and make millions of dollars. This is all stuff that people should be we, excited about. We, we are currently enjoying that narrow gap in in time where technology allows the average individual to be truly disruptive if they use it correctly that that you know we're we're between that point and the point where the government is making that illegal and and we're just kind of riding it well and the crypto i think is a part of that which uh is a callback oh. to what we talked about with uh the new podcasting 2.0 uh, I, I i i wasn't done with amazon are we no, I mean, go ahead. We'll do Amazon, then let's oh. then we can hit that. Well, it, I I just wanted to point out that Amazon is uh is no longer the darling even even of the left these days. They are uh they are currently being sued by the D.C. Attorney General for antitrust for being a uh, a monopoly. Um, there is, but which part uh, of the business is a monopoly? Because Amazon's in a lot of different areas. Well, the in this case, the the DC Attorney General is calling out the business solutions agreement and their fair pricing policy. Which re, uh, there there were a lot of 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 li- buzzwords of um in this, but uh, basically, Amazon requires that sellers. Uh, they, it, it's kind of the same deal that Am- or that Apple had that we've talked about before. Uh, Amazon had an agreement for a long time where they required of sellers that you are not allowed to sell the same product anywhere else for cheaper than you sell it on Amazon. 
uh, which is uh, an interference in the free market. Now, it may be one that you're okay with, but it is an interference. And um, this this concept is called most favored nations clause, which is if if you give any benefit to anybody in any store ever, you also have to give it to Amazon, which uh, is I mean, that right there, they they quietly uh, in 2019, they quietly removed the requirement when replaced it with a fair pricing policy, which instead of requiring that people do that, just allows Amazon to, quote, impose sanctions if they offer a lower price elsewhere. So a slight relaxing, but uh, impose sanctions really means you're not going to get your your products shown to anybody anywhere. So not a lot of change. Um the House Judiciary Subcommittee in fall 2020 reported that Amazon does indeed coerce sellers into adhering to these clauses. So the D.C. Attorney General is taking that and saying that uh, they have unfairly raised prices and suppressed innovation, uh, to which an Amazon spokesperson said the relief the AG seeks would force Amazon to feature higher prices to consumers, oddly going against the core objectives of antitrust law. And that is true in so much that it's a government acting, which kind of goes against the objective of more competition. But um, yeah, the, this is uh, this is the, the government, a, a, a part of the government deciding that, Hey, you know, this, this Amazon company is getting too big. And I, I yet, I don't think that'll ever, nothing's going to come of that. There is enough competition well, out there. I mean, that's a, uh, it's a very hard case to make. If you want to talk about legality and it, uh, it is a hard case. And uh, oh, I, I've got more, but I'm sorry. You were going to talk about legality. Well, I was just going to say lately when I've needed a few things, Amazon has been slow at fulfilling. And you know who's been quick within two days, free shipping Target. So I've been ordering from Target. There is competition out there. There is. And 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 if you want if you want the retail marketplace to not be completely dominated by one person who gets to dictate, then you need to keep using the competition. But Amazon has made it really convenient where they can. So I understand where this is coming from, from consumers. But uh, there is one other angle that they are getting attacked by. And this, of course, is Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> um, and and again, this is you know, this is not. Yeah, Bezos is a a hardcore leftist Democrat who oh, has yeah. he owns has, the Washington uh, Post for that love yes. beat. <laughs> um and and they're, they're based in Washington, which is a very left coast state. In fact, they're based in Seattle. Uh, but Amy Klobuchar is calling for a quote thorough investigation. Um, she introduced a bill in February that makes mergers illegal if they would reduce competition materially, which is uh would directly impact this. It it, it hasn't passed yet. I don't know if it will. Um. But uh, materially reducing competition is a, a means it can be interpreted to mean if it is reducing the competition at all, if it can be demonstrated to reduce the competition in any way whatsoever, it would not necessarily make a merger illegal, um, Right, which every merger does that in some way, shape yeah. or form. So that actually that I mean, that's pretty severe. It's not as much actually as some of the, a lot of the people in Congress would do. Uh, but the previous standard standard, by the way, was substantially. And I think we we've, we've already seen that the, the Justice Department and antitrust regulators have taken that to mean ah we don't need to bother looking at anything. So uh, maybe some tightening is necessary. But uh, the other thing the Klobuchar uh, legislation did was it shifts the burden of proof 
to the company to prove that competition would not be reduced if they want a merger, <laughs> which is different than requiring the regulators to prove the competition is. Oh, my God. That's a pretty big thing. Yeah. Well, that's the difference in being like, well, Ryan, you have been charged with murder. We don't need to prove you actually murder the person. You no. need to prove you didn't. You need to prove you didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, no. I only called that out. The, the Klobuchar uh, bill that was introduced would would kind of kill a lot of big mergers. And I, by the letter of it, I'm kind of reading that it would all pretty close to kill all mergers. But of course, the the question is, uh, is the merger big enough that that the government would pay attention? So we're back to the specters, elective enforcement. Well, and there are a lot of people who are against any businesses because they think the government should be running that. And those are called communists or socialists. Yes, and, uh, yes there are. That's why well, I'm, I'm against big business. I, I'm against anything that's too big to fail. I will tell you that too big to fail means too big to exist. But I think that that this this should be resolved by uh, reducing corp- the incentives for creating mega corporations. Well, there's uh, sanity. Like with everything else we talk about, sanity needs to be brought in. The last point I want to pull out, just in case you think that only Democrats are shitting on Amazon right now. uh, Senator Josh Hawley said had this to say the sale uh, uh, talking about MGM. The sale should not go through. Amazon is already a monopoly platform that owns e-commerce shipping groceries in the cloud. They shouldn't be permitted to buy anything else, period. Yeah. So he's a Republican (laughs) and he's also trying to inject himself into. Yeah. Well, and he's wrong. Because Amazon does not. I just said he was a Republican. Yeah, I know. The Amazon by no means is the leader in the grocery area. Now, you can make the case for e-commerce. And I know they have a footprint in Whole Foods. But when you look at the overall amount of groceries that are bought in this country, I would bet you Amazon is probably selling. Like 10th? Yeah, well, maybe 10th. I was thinking like what percentage? I'm guessing it may be in single digits, like 5% or 10% 10% of the overall groceries. If you want to pick somebody who has a grocery monopoly, I would uh, you start looking at Kroger or someone. Oh, yeah. But yeah, those are the companies you'd want to be looking at. But this is where, again, people don't understand how this stuff works. And I am all for keeping things in check. But as I've said before, I'm not somebody that's going to go down the line and go, hey, wait, that company's been too pow- that he- they've been too good at what they're doing. Let's stop that. Because that's insanity. I mean, there have to be protections, but the concept that, and we talked about this a lot with Google, which is, okay, so they started out as a simple search engine. There are some people that would be like, well, they should have never been able to I, add Gmail. I, they should have never I, been able to add. I would argue they, they started out as a really, really good search engine. Yes. That's how they, how they got good is because they had a complicated good search engine when all the their competitors were some simple search engines. Yes. But, oh, yeah. Because you couldn't find what you wanted on the Internet until Google came around. And there have been some other ones. I mean, DuckDuckGo, I've been very pleasantly surprised after going to them as my main search probably six or eight months ago. Now, it seems like I'm bad with time. But we talked about it here on Grumpy Old Ben's. And except for searching for some news stories that maybe happened within the last 24 hours, I don't find myself going back to Google at all. So. There are alternatives. No, I haven't gone back to Google in quite a while. In fact, uh, uh, it was only a couple of days ago that I finally gave up. You know, when the, the, the main place where I look for a lot of things is when I'm doing research for this show. And 
uh, you know, usually I'll go to social networks or, or to, uh, you know, some, some online thing, the, the timeline in Mastodon, whatever to find out what stories are there. And then I'll check the, the aggregators. Uh, one of my favorites is, is hacker news. But, you know, once I find out that there's a story, then I, I do news searches to find out, okay, what stories are there on this topic and try to get a broad range. And I was doing a search on, uh, you know, one of the, the fastest searches that had a lot of, of choices in it was Bing news, which I, I generally have talked up in the past. Well, no more. Um, oh, I saw that you left a, well, you, uh, you, you broke one of the URLs in the show notes for last one. And when I was making the chapters, I tried to pull in the, the right URL. And so, in the show notes, you had the exact title and the fact that it came from Breitbart. Those were the two things that I knew. I knew the exact headline and the fact that it came from Breitbart. So I typed Breitbart and the exact text of the headline into Bing search, and it gave me WAPO and New York Times and CNBC well, as the top results. And Breitbart was not listed anywhere. There were no Breitbart links anywhere on the page. I went to DuckDuckGo. The very first result was the Breitbart article with that text as the headline. Yeah. It's so, the black, it's the news black hole. It's real, folks. I have just, I, I should have known this was coming before and I should have been a lot more skeptical of Bing search, but I, I thought, Hey, they're not Google. How bad that could they be? And, and I've always given Microsoft the benefit of the doubt and assumed they were incompetent, not just evil, but this is not incompetence. This is censorship. So we're, we're not going to be using that anymore, are we? No. Well, and censorship hurts everybody. And this seems to be, and I know generalization, but most people that I know who would consider themselves on the right conservative do not want voices silenced. They do not want news, you know, organizations like MSNBC removed from all search results. No, they want both sides to be there because they want the fair and honest debate. Now, people on the left, a lot of them want voices like Breitbart, the voices obviously specifically of Donald Trump gone. They don't want them to exist anywhere. They don't want them to be searchable. And to me, that tells a lot when you have to silence the opposition rather than engaging in a debate with them, because if you go back and I know. They had to rewrite history and they don't want you to know the reality of the world. They don't want you to know the history of the world. You go back to Nazi Germany. You go back to uh, Stalin. You go back to, you know, all of these regimes that got into power by doing things like silencing opposition, silencing those opposing voices. And this is the roadmap that the radical left wants to go down right now. And it's not good. And when you have somebody like, you know, who would even think when you go to Bing search that, oh, I'm searching for information that they would have totally wholesalely thrown out results from thrown out news sites entirely because they don't like the fact that Breitbart is conservative. Breitbart is right leaning. Now I'm not saying believe every word you read on breitbart.com because i don't but no they've been right no, about but, a lot but but if if you're going to you know breitbart is is biased we get that it, it's conservative leaning but if you're going to throw them out on those grounds don't give me wapo and new york times right. articles instead right because that's just as far 
to the left that Breitbart is to the right. And that's what you have to understand. If you want to get to the reality of a subject, and we've both talked about this a lot, go in, do searches for multiple stories and pull them specifically. If you can, if you can find something that's been covered by the Washington Post, by Breitbart, by MSNBC, you know, by Glenn Beck. And then you go look at all these stories and you see what is common yeah. about them. You see what's yeah, you, different. You, you take what information is each one presenting. And the, the common information is usually, well, it's usually the non-controversial stuff, but there's a chance it's correct. And then the stuff that's different is the stuff that you need to pay more attention to. Like that's where you apply your critical thinking skills. Yes. Like, you go, oh, what, you know, th- this this left-leaning left out this piece of information, this right-leaning left out this piece of information, both of those, let's go ahead and actually think about why we, why would that be happening? Yes, and I mean, it really burns me the more and more I'm reading news stories and paying attention to the bylines. And well, there's two things about bylines that annoy me. One, when there is none, because then I'm like, well, who's writing this for whatever news site you're on? Or and that's that's when it's a native ad, right? Well, it could be or, or they just, or an AI generated story. You know, those are coming out now. That's true, too. Or they don't want you to know who wrote it or. But even worse than that are the stories that should be fairly simple that have three or four names on the byline. And I'm thinking, what was none of that? One of these reporters good enough to write this on their own. Why do we need a mismatch? You know, there's so many people thrown together to do propaganda one story. by committee. it's scary it's it's that's how many people you need to ensure that the narrative is correct you can't trust just one person to get the right narrative you have to make sure you're saying exactly the right thing and that is the the route we're going down just just wait until the byline starts to include all the fact checkers that were included well of course they got to make sure everything is absolutely factual you know like it was a conspiracy theory that COVID-19 started in a lab in Wuhan. No, everybody was canceled that said that. They were thrown off social media. They were banned. They had their poster removed. You had to go to jail. Well, Twitter jail or whatever they call it, if you yeah. posted that. But now, <laughs> I love the mainstream media all of a sudden's like, oh, well, maybe there's some credence to this. It's yeah, like, does maybe. not everybody get what's going on here? I I, I love the, the, you know, how, t- you know, um, sites like new york times came out with over the last year and the bbc came out with how how to talk to that one family member who's a right-wing conspiracy theorist and they would give all these uh, horrific platitudes that would make me punch my family members if they ever tried that sort of thing right but uh you know the the right way how to talk to that one family member who's a conspiracy theorist you know, i'm sorry for doubting you you were right the whole time that's yes. what you need to say to them yeah in this case Absolutely. Or at least not should not have been totally laughed off, which anything that is done with a knee jerk reaction on something of this scale. I don't understand how anybody thought they were able to, with 100 percent certainty, say they knew what happened because we're still not sure. But the evidence is quite interesting when multiple people from that lab were hospitalized in what november <laughs> then uh you know maybe there was something to that 
I keep going back and forth on trying to decide whether or not the people who are making the news honestly believe the propaganda they're spewing or are somehow compromised and being made to make shit up. I think there's a mix. I, I, I think there's a mix, too, and I think it depends, among other things, on on your position. Are you an editor or a beat reporter and uh, how much you're paid and how many of the high level meetings you're in? Uh, the effect is exactly the same it is you're spewing propaganda. And if if you if you eat your own dog food, then, well, then your your mind is a little bit messed up. But maybe that makes you a better propagandist. Perhaps. I mean, there is a, a Breitbart author that just came out with a book, which I think is quite interesting. Uh, I didn't have it on the list for today because I thought it was way too political. But for people that are interested in this kind of stuff, it's called Breaking the News, Exposing the Establishment Media's Hidden Deals and Secret Corruption by Alexander Marlowe. And just seeing some of the uh, the headlines on this. You know, the people that are you know married, you know, somebody like high up in the Washington Post just happens to be married to Biden's number one staffer. I mean, there's so many connections that, you know, exactly what's going on. It's a very, I mean, incestuous thing to begin with when you're dealing with politics in D.C. But this looks like a you know, decent book that breaks this kind of stuff down. And even if you're not, you know, the interesting thing here is they're not saying anything that can't be proven these people have relationships now they're not maybe proving that they lied about things but you know you at least have the roadmap to understanding why somebody might be not entirely truthful well the the and the answer usually starts with a dollar sign oh there's yeah there's always money involved and and by the way, uh, you, you might want to make sure you drop that book in the show notes, because I don't think it's going to be on anybody's Amazon or New York Times recommended list. <laughs> you don't think so? It's not no, going to be so number one. I, I've got a I've got a, a sneaking suspicion it might not make the list. We can add that to the news with an Amazon link. Uh, Bill O'Reilly's book has been number one on the New York Times bestseller list the last couple of weeks, which I'm sure is making everybody at the New York Times quite happy. It's killing the yeah. mob. And I've been listening like to the, the audio book. The people in the troll room yesterday who were calling you Darren O'Reilly. Hey, I now if Bill would like to adopt me, that would be cool. Right, write you into his will. You mean? Yes, that would be absolutely perfect. Bill is. You'd be good okay guy. with that. He is a good guy. He was just talking about how uh, you know over the past year he donated three of these uh, motorized like wheelchairs for vets uh, that are fifteen thousand dollars a piece, and he's uh, donated three of those in the past year. So, I mean, I want to see where Joe Biden is given. $45,000 to any kind of charity whatsoever. I don't think uh, I don't think Joe does, although I don't know. To be fair, I don't know if Joe knows. I don't think they let Joe count his own money these days. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But the uh, interesting thing uh, is the callback to the podcasting 2.0 stuff, which I didn't yes. think there was a conversation going on on No Agenda Social. And somebody pointed as out that happens. It does. And it's one of the only places you can still have. It's one of the few places you can have a conversation without an AI looking over your shoulder. Well, there may be an Look. AI looking, but they're not bothering you. No, that's just Adam. Yes. Okay. The uh, somebody mentioned with all of the app stores, as we've talked about, if you want something listed in the Apple App Store or the Google App Store, part of that is if you're doing anything in the app where you're making money, if you're selling anything, they want their percentage. So somebody mentioned like, well, OK, how are these podcasting 2.0 apps 
going to deal with this when you're talking about sending value to the podcast. And I'm like, oh, shit, that is a really good point that, you know, if somebody's streaming money, streaming value to a show, then Google slash Apple's going to want their percentage. Now, somebody pointed out right now they don't consider Bitcoin a currency, which I, I agree I, it's not. I, but I, I think that somebody was Dave Jones. Was it Dave? May have been that answer yeah. that I know he was a part of this. And we need to get Dave on. Come on, Dave. Darren at grumpyoldbens.com. Just let us know when you can come on the show and talk about this stuff. And my question is, how long will it be then before Apple and Google decide to say, well, anything going on with crypto, we want a cut of that as well? Because this seems like a really good loophole at this point for anybody doing sales through an app. You're like, even all these gaming companies and stuff like that to where it's like, well, if you buy this hammer in the game for so you're, you know, you can crush those hamsters with the hammer. That's a big hairy hamster crushing hammer. You for to crush it in the hairy hamster crushing game. Well, no, no, we're not I charging that. <laughs> it's like we're not charging people money for that. No, it's it's crypto. They just have to pay in name cryptocurrency here. And if I. You bring up a really great point, but here's the reason why I don't think we're going to see this pop up as as a thing yet. And uh, this the the reason for it, I can give you in two words. Tim Schaefer, I think. No, the other Tim, (laughs) I think that the Epic versus Apple lawsuit is uh, at least until that lawsuit concludes and we find out which direction it's going. I think that adding new unpopular policies to the app store is something that apple is is they'd be like no ixnay no we're not we're not doing that right now just hold up i mean i i would bet you that there are people somewhere inside of the apple complex who are looking at this and going look at all this money that's that's changing hand look you know we could be taking 30 percent of every single crypto wallet in the world because people use our phones and they don't care how much it costs them and there's somebody else going, yeah, but we, we let's just not give Tim Schaefer any more ammo right now. Yeah, but if they win, oh, just wait for yeah, the, yeah, yeah. If they win, things floodgates open. Wait for the doubling down and tripling down. But it was an interesting concept that oh, it's crypto, so they're not taking that as cash yet. There are so many weird things about the crypto market. I mean, the volatility is fun, but this is something that you know they're looking at. We've talked about over the last couple of shows, keep seeing more and more articles popping up about the United States government and I'm sure other governments around the world that are looking for ways to get information to be able to crack crypto wallets. This is not going to be a fun game for a while. It's uh, a lot of things have to shake out, which explains the volatility really of the crypto markets. Because the governments around the world are not real happy about a lot of the stuff going on, and they believe, rightfully so, that there's a lot of criminality going on. I mean, we talked about the uh, the dark side malware well, doing, bunch. Just just remember that that criminality, as defined by a government, is anybody not not paying their their vig, not not giving whatever they think is the right amount of 
Uh, you know, well, no, it's beyond that. I mean, look at the dark side money. thing. Nine, they, well, there, okay, ninety million also, dollars in like nine months. We're in the wrong business. There is also <laughs> actual criminal behavior, but you know that the dollar signs in the eyes of these government regulators is because they're saying, "Well, look at how much money is. You know, look at how much economy is going on, and we're not taking a slice." Oh yeah, there's no question that the uh, government is worried about getting that because they want to be able to track every dollar that comes or goes. Not just track, you. take some of it. Well, of course. Well, they have to track it to be able to know how much they should they should steal from you. You know, they don't want to take too much. They just want to take ninety nine percent of it. They want to leave you yes. with that little that little morsel there. Oh come on, governments aren't that greedy. They'd probably be satisfied with somewhere between forty and sixty percent of everything you earn. It's well, they're getting close to that now. They are well, except close. for the communists who literally do want all of it so that they can trickle back some bread loaves. <laughs> Well, yeah, bread is worth more than crypto in some parts of the world. Uh, good, because I can't eat Bitcoin. <laughs> yummy, yummy bread. I can't, I can't eat your Cardano. Well, so, you have to you have to transfer. Now, I that. shouldn't be I shouldn't be eating bread because, oh, my God, the carbs. I know I could. Carbs are bad for you. Low carb, low sugar. You'll feel better. I mean, I can tell because we've you know kind of cheated on that a little bit with the colonoscopy. And then the other day after I got a haircut, which was nice, went out on uh, Tuesday, got a haircut, went out for a Reuben. Did, did you get a real job after that? No, uh. I'm still a podcaster. So everybody go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. But it was, I mean, it was kind of weird. The barber was wearing a mask. Didn't ask why. Didn't care. Um, the other barber was not. Half the people coming in had masks. The other half did not. And uh, going into Aldi was great. They had a sign right at the door. CDC says you no longer have to wear masks. So I didn't. And my wife didn't just went in. Nobody hassled you. Got to do some grocery shopping. And uh, it was nice. Things are kind of getting back to normal in that regards. You mean the new normal? (laughs) What is the well, the new normal is every now and then you look over when you're sitting at a stoplight and there was a woman in an SUV. By you herself, wearing two masks. Foot. Yeah. And then there's a cop on foot chasing a vehicle. Right. Like, well, do you need help? You need me to sideswipe him for you? <laughs> yeah. What do you need to do? I don't know. Uh, it is. It's it's insanity because people don't understand the science. That's I know I've said that over and over again, but if you see somebody in a car by themselves wearing two masks, they don't understand how viruses work. Or, or it's not about a virus in any way, shape or form. It's it's about. Uh, doing it's about being over socialized. It's about doing what's quote unquote right because people told me to, and and because all of my Facebook friends would shame me if they ever heard that I only went with one mask. But see, now that's the problem, isn't it? That now that the the God that we all decided, well, not we all, but the God that so many of these people decided to put their faith in was the CDC. Now that the CDC on a dime just like that went from wear a mask wear a wear a mask to masks aren't needed now that is like the ultimate for how these people cannot process the information because it's well, like I, I, I for one i'm not going to be mourning the loss of of blind faith in an or a political organization like the cdc no well neither am i i just find it to be really hilarious that the people who were, ah, you're not 
wearing a mask. You're going against the CDC. You're anti-science. Are now the ones by wearing a mask who are going against the CDC who are obviously anti-science by their definition. It's hilarious. I actually had somebody tell me the other day that she's going to keep wearing a mask because she, quote, feels naked without it. That is scary. Yeah. Like, no, you you don't understand. You you don't understand what it means to actually feel naked. I I could show you if you like. I mean, she had a good body. (laughs) You're like, can you you give me an example? You're like, I didn't say that because I might have been involved in a foot race with a cop afterward. Yeah, but they can't chase you if it was only a (laughs) if it was only a misdemeanor. My wife did say. Yeah, but this this is a this is the left coast where uh, sexual harassment is, in fact, a class one felony. Well, okay. So you're you're in better shape than you. Better, I might be lying, but better, not better, by much. You better get your uh, Nikes on and make sure you've got some. Uh, you're in good shape. But my wife yeah, did say, loafers. "Who she loafers. doesn't like wearing the mask." But she did say wearing the mask was really nice because you don't have to put on makeup before you go out, go to work. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to really worry about any of that stuff because the mask is covering it all up. So I think maybe there's a lot of women who are like, "Oh crap." I have to put on makeup again. I didn't have no. to do that with the no, mask. No, you don't. No, you don't. But society tells you. Societal norms tell you. That well, that's why we need the new normal. Obviously. So do wear the mask <laughs> or don't wear the mask. Or I mean, you can still wear the mask. Nobody's ever going to stop you from wearing the mask. I mean, if you're like the only person doing it, then people might question why you're doing it. But uh, you know, again, so, it's uh, it's the. Uh, it's the mental at the aspect of this, which is going, I think, to fascinate people for years to come when especially when this is looked back upon, you know, five, 10 years further down the road, the things that happen, the long term effects. I mean, and you can say what you want about the vaccines and even the virus. I think the long term effects that are going to be the most dangerous and the most damning for humankind is the mental effect of everything that's happened over the past couple of years without a doubt especially the effect on kids oh yeah it, it, we we have just screwed up about uh, about 10 years worth of children with with just the last year it, i just i don't know it'll take a long time for society to recover from that one yeah because we're uh, yeah uh I have uh, a pretty long and in-depth one uh, about the U.S. Census and uh, and some statistics associated with that. Uh, but I was wondering, do you want to get to experts first and get that out of the way? We can thank some experts for supporting the grumpiest podcast in the universe because we do work on the value for value model. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that. I mean, it's a crazy concept. You do the shows, you put them out, no paywall. No walled garden, no impediments to getting the downloads. Well, except your own technical ineptitude or, you know, if your Apple podcast app breaks, that has nothing to do with us. Yeah. If you're if the podcast gets pulled out of an index. Yeah, we're doing our job. And if you like what you're hearing, if you're getting some value out of the show, it's up to you to decide exactly how much value. Put that into a number that means something to you and go over to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate where you can click the donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want to do the one-time or monthly donation via snail mail. Check your bank's online bill pay, which is always a beautiful thing. Nobody takes a percentage that way. Or you can use one of the QR codes or addresses 
to send us Bitcoin, Cardano, or Ethereum. And we, maybe we'll be adding some new ones. We just did get a request for another crypto as well. Doge? No, not Doge. I don't know if I want to get into Doge. Uh, it was Algo or something like that. So we'll find out how I, all I this mean, stuff it, works. So many you, crypto. You could buy the dip, get a lot of it right now. The dip is, well, true. It's been up. It's been down. Let's see here. Let me go over to my Coinbase app, and I can tell you exactly what the cryptocurrencies are doing today. And it's interesting because they, they yeah. like every other day they go up, and there's every other day they go down. I, I don't need to know that much. Oh, and, today and, Bitcoin and I, down 7%, Ethereum down 11%, Cardano down 11%, Ripple down 12%. See, buy the dip. Oh, buy. Buy, everybody. It's all going down, down, down. Or is it going up? Who knows? Yeah, well, that that's enough of that. We don't need to be yet another show on the No Agenda stream that <laughs> that uses airtime to look things up on the internet. That's what other as, shows as do. As if that. the listeners don't have the ability to do that. Wait, they can go to DuckDuckGo, but yes. not being not no, Google, not being not Google. No, they're they're they. All you're going to get is New York Times propaganda that way. We have an honest to goodness executive producership for today, which is anything fifty or higher. And that Yay! is a check from Eric Mackey, 5510, double nickels on the dime, no note or anything. So we appreciate that, Eric. Thank you for your support of the grumpiest podcast in the universe coming in at $24.20. You know him. You'll love him from the troll room, Laren, who says, thanks for the tech talk. Stay grumpy. Do we, do we talk about tech on the show every now and then? I, I keep trying. It doesn't always work. It, it, it's tech as it intersects with the rest of the world. We have at 2347, the man, the myth, the legend. He has been on Grumpy Old Ben's, and he has his own podcast, Boobery, coming in at 2347. He, he does his own podcast with uh, Lavish, soon to be Sir Lavish, who recently had a birthday, or is Ooh. it coming up soon? Happy birthday, Lavish. It was announced. Happy birthday, actual birthday, to Sir Spencer and uh, Dame DeLorean's little boy, John. Yes, yes. The, the, his Spencer, Spencer and Dame DeLorean now have a, a new human resource who turned zero yesterday. They keep collecting more. Yeah, well, I mean, some people, are do, you know, they, they have to make up for people like you and I who don't seem to be contributing to the gene pool at all. Well, see, that's, that's not by choice. People told us no. No, don't do that. Not not by choice. Your wife keeps telling you no. Right. Just don't like, do no, that. stop. Uh, <laughs> Stay it, away. Poopery has a note says, oh, fuck, you're going to make me squeam. I guess that's a uh, a bumper they want to use for their podcast behind the squeams. Uh, and uh, he did say, can you shout out love is lit dot com. So I don't know what love is lit dot com goes to, but it might that, not be safe that, for that work. goes to their podcast. Oh, Lo- love is lit dot com. Go there, check it out, listen. Get love. And uh, $23.47. I know there's questions in the troll room if that was $2,347. Boobery's podcast is not doing quite that well yet, but go over to loveislit.com and donate to him, and then he'll donate more to us. I think that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. Or if you want to cut out the middleman, just go over to grumpyoldbens.com and donate directly. <laughs> if you want to, if you're right, right. Otherwise, just we, screw Booberry. Yeah, it's, uh, f that guy. Yeah, coming in with a twenty dollar check monthly. Radix O two three slash Sir Spud the Mighty, and we thank him. 
and our buddy truck driver coming in with five bucks for this show. Five bucks for random thoughts. Five bucks for the rock and roll pre-show. And he's out there trucking along today. We play Convoy, a cover of the great song Convoy on the uh, on the Grumpy Old Ben's pre-show, which we just kind of screw around for about an hour. It was a great movie, but it was an interesting choice to have them all dressed like they were in the 70s. Before we uh, before we do these shows live at noon on Monday and Friday, noagendastream.com or grumpyoldbens.com. There's a player embedded there. Go to one of those and join in on the troll room, join in on the fun. And I did want to mention to our buddy, Surly Mofo, who <laughs> it gave us uh, $10.10 back on September 25th of 20. And I remember mentioning this at one point on the show that it was just sitting in my account as we are we are looking into this that it was just like in limbo it finally cleared the account <laughs> i don't know what the hell was going on but i just got an email from paypal like oh the funds have been released so i don't know what they were looking into surly mofo but uh, could it be that he's our handler it could be i don't ask those kind of questions cuz i don't want those kind of answers but if you yeah, like to, probably best if you'd like to be our handler grumpyoldbens.com slash donate is the place that you want to be. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. Been there. Been there. Done that. Bought the shirt. Wait, do we have shirts? Yeah, we do. I don't know if anybody's ever bought them, but we have shirts. I think we have just a cafe press thing. Yeah, it's uh, the other one. Teespring. Uh, We should get together with the guy over at No Agenda Shop and see if we can get some stuff made. Maybe people would buy some. I don't know. Yeah, I I should I should probably just get a shirt because I need to wear that stuff around. Right. You can go outside on the street, although you might be a whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, maybe I don't (laughs) like this idea anymore. You wait. I have to go outside. Well, that's the only way it's good advertising when you buy the shirt is then you have to go out into public. I'm cool with advertising to my wife and cats. And they're like, no. We've heard the show. We we uh we we want nothing to do with that. Uh, but there were some other tech so, stories. Yes, uh, the U.S. Census is is running into a problem that I would personally characterized as potentially intractable. Um, the article that I read also used the term existential. Um, here is the problem. Uh, uh the census is is required by law to uh. Ha, uh, poll people have them respond. In fact, the people are required by law to respond accurately to whatever poll or or survey the census puts out. And the census is required by law to keep the data set confidential so that individuals who respond are not privately identifiable. Um, the The data that the census releases must not be usable to identify individuals or, or to dox them or whatever. Um, or, uh, let, let me know when you start seeing the problem with the, these requirements. Um, any data set that the census puts out, uh, you can, you can throw a lot of computing resources at it. And uh, we, we've seen a number of quote unquote anonymized data sets that are not really that anonymous. Right. Um, well, that's in, the whole thing with, Tracking for ads across uh, little bits of data here and there together make a big picture. And, and now we have a data set that people are are under legal obligation to fill out. So you're not even supposed to be able to opt out. And uh, I, uh, by that, obviously must have filled it out. Right. Anyway, um, so uh, in 
2016, the census was already the census department was already thinking about this is the fact that there is AI out there. And um, what they tried was they took some 2010 statistics, some of the statistics that had been published in 2010. So the data sets and combined it with some commercial data sets that are available for people, demographics, et cetera. They were able to reconstruct the name, location, demographic information, and sometimes even address of up to 51% of the people in the data set. Um, the, why, why is this important? Well, if your data is not private, people stop responding to the census. So census department came up with a concept called differential privacy. Uh, what this effectively means is that when they release the public data set, uh, the, the, the real true data set is going to remain entirely confidential and all of the public data that the census releases is going to have noise added, AKA fake data. Um, the goal to differential privacy is to minimally impact the quality while mathematically ensuring that individuals can't be identified. The problem is that they are failing on both of those. The, the system pretty, pretty much doesn't seem to be working. Uh, the differential privacy is, is mainly a thing, by the way, in uh, any rural tract where the number of households is small. If you have an area of, of a hundred acres or, you know, 10, 10 square miles or more, and there's only six houses in it, then you can pretty much guess which, which piece of demographic information corresponds to what. And, and like I said, it is actually illegal for the census department to release any data where you can tell information about a particular household. So how are they adding this noise? They're doing things like swapping the characteristics of households in the public data set. Um, they are uh, obscuring information by assigning statistically likely defaults to particular households. Um, they're, they're using a mathematical algorithm that has a privacy budget per census block uh, which says that if, if there is, you know, we, we need to make effectively it's adding, add enough buzz to the data depending on the track. And, and the, one of the results is that you end up having to add a lot more fuzz to rural blocks than you do to, uh, you know, an urban block that has a hundred thousand people. It's going to be really easy to just say, Oh, in aggregate, here's what, you know, but if, if the block only has 12 houses, it, you need to add more fuzz. Um, the problem with that is, uh, well, there's a number of problems. Uh, one of them is, uh, it amplifies outliers. Another is that, uh, it, um, it, it, you know, some, yeah, well, one of the root problems is that people are still identifiable. Um, uh, the census department is only guaranteeing the accuracy for three statistics. The, the only statistics that you can be sure are going to be completely accurate is total population by state. By the way, I don't think they have a shot in hell of getting that one completely accurate, <laughs> but they claim uh, number of housing units in each census block. So if they say there are 12 houses in this block, there are 12 houses in this block. That that's what they're affirming. And the number of group quarters, facilities, dorms, nursing homes, etc. That is the only thing. Uh, the uh, If they say that, uh, you know, 75 percent of the people in this are white. That number is not guaranteed and has almost certainly been fuzzed in the data that's going to come out of about the 2021 census or 2020 census. Um, and then they are also planning on manually post-processing to the data to smooth over a couple of st places where the statistics don't make sense. And they say don't make sense, but the examples given were census blocks with a negative population or a fraction of a person. Well, that sounds so, painful. That's 
for the for the person who's only a fraction, probably uh, negative population. That might be some parts of New York these days. So um, they came out with an early demonstration set using some data from uh, Washington State, actually, um, and another one using data from Alabama. Uh, among other things, when applied to this fuzzing, some people took the data set and started looking for what they what they consider to be st- uh, places where statistics don't make sense. One of them was that there are 401 census blocks in Washington state where the entire population of the block, 100 percent, was over 85. <laughs> there were three thousand three hundred fifty three census blocks in Washington state using the 2010 data and this fuzzing where the entire population was under 14. This would be the part of the state that we call the Lord of the Flies district. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then the other <laughs> district is the one where you want to commit the crime and then run away. Well, I mean, just yes. walk fast, walk briskly away. Yeah, or to just commit the crime and then, you know, just stand there and laugh at the dude who can't get out. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's easy to commit crimes on bedridden people. Yeah. It's not nice. <laughs> but it's but easy. It's easy. Um. Uh, in the Alabama district, there were 13,000 blocks in Alabama that had nobody over 18. Well, it's Alabama. I mean, there are grandparents at 17. Oh, sorry, everybody <laughs> oh, in Alabama. Wow. It was a joke. Oh, my God. We're going to get letters. So, uh, understandably, uh, there are states and civic groups who are complaining that the census data will not be accurate. Duh. I think that's the point. Um, Alabama sued on the 10th of March. To stop the Census Bureau from implementing differential privacy, they say that it will be impossible for the state of Alabama to adhere to the Voting Rights Act's fair redistricting requirements and that people will sue the state over district maps. I think that's true. Uh, Alabama also had a separate suit uh, try to enjoin the Census Bureau from including illegals. In the congressional apportioning, that suit was dropped by the state when the apportionments came out because Alabama learned that they would not be losing a seat. But it's still true. <laughs> it's just Alabama's not suing over it anymore. Um, the uh, but the real problem with this uh, this new differential privacy uh, thing is is not just that uh, that it makes it impossible for states to use accurate counts because they're not being given accurate counts. The real problem, of course, is that it makes the census racist. Well, of course it is. Everything's racist. Yes. Um, minority groups are more likely to be moved around, swapped out or fuzzed by this data thing. Um, and, and this is not. I don't personally consider this to be a racist thing. This is this is a direct result of the fact that they are a minority. There are fewer of them. Therefore, the smaller blocks are the ones that get more fuzzing. Yeah. So uh, but people are saying this, you know, this disadvantages minority groups. Well, it's probably true. If you want to treat them as a group, yeah. I'd rather treat them as people. But what do I know? Well, that's true. Um, there is a higher risk of reidentification of a minority person. Um, uh, a couple people are complaining that fuzzing makes communities appear more homogenous than they are. Uh, if, uh, it, from, from a virtue signaling perspective, this is a problem when, when you want to say, oh, these black communities or whatever. But, uh, from a purely practical perspective, uh, what this does is that if a, a particular district or block is not a high enough percentage minority, they don't qualify for federal emer- affirmative action programs. 
uh, which now you're getting money involved. People start whining a lot more. Um, ultimately, I think the problem with this is that there's way too much that is hinging on the census data and and in particular, uh, uh, way too much incentive to manipulate the census data because money is apportioned because uh, studies are apportioned there. Uh, there are a lot of researchers who have uh, are, are complaining and saying that the census department should not be fuzzing this data because uh, academic research gets its demographic data from the census. And you, if your academic research is wrong, then your study is wrong. Well, your yeah. results are wrong. I don't know why they would start complaining about wrong studies now. But they're they seem to think that this is a sticking point. Well, and uh, you're again, you're trusting that the people giving you the information are being honest and truthful, which I think we all know that's not the case. But everything that I've just read off of these notes assumes that people were accurate and and honest in the in filling out the census. And I think think that the bulk of people having been assured that their data will be kept private by the census i think the bulk of people probably filled it out accurately um I, i'm i'm not admitting to anything at all but i i think that most of the information that they got for the 2020 census is probably about right but uh, between this the the, the census bureaus in, in definitely between a rock and a hard place on this one because if if they put out inaccurate information, there are a lot of things that rely on the census that are going to start getting things wrong. And and there's going to be a lot of other government bureaucracies and a lot of researchers who are uh, have some real problems with that. But if the census puts out accurate information, then it, there's going to be a lot of people out there with amateur machine learning who are going to throw it at, uh, you know, commercially available or, or dark web available databases of people and start tying census data directly to individuals credit card numbers. And uh, in 2030, when they do the next census, the problem is if they don't do this right, and I don't know if there's a way to do this right, if they don't. um nobody's going to be giving real information because a lot of people are going to start looking at this go, well, the last time that I gave census information, it resulted in my privacy being violated in this way, which is, I mean, people don't really think about that, but a lot of them, I think, I think this could be a disaster for the census bureau. Well, it seems like it's such an antiquated system anyway, but uh, I guess it is still the best they've got when trying to collect that kind of information. And I understand why, what they were trying to do, but when you're doing things like deciding how many representatives in the house you have, and they are doing things like counting people that are just there, not citizens. And then you're not getting the correct numbers. Well, I, I, I'm sorry, go on. Everybody's a citizen. Now I forgot. Everybody should come here because the United States caused global warming. So everybody should be able to come here now. Well, the the Democrats are in charge of the voting system. So really, honestly, it doesn't matter whether you're a person or not, whether you're alive or not, whether you're a citizen or an illegal. Uh, honestly, it doesn't even matter if there are any people that they're, you know, if if they thought they could get away with it, then Biden would get six point three million votes out of uh, Fairbanks, Alaska. Um, well, to be fair, they love Joe up there. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Or 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 one of the completely empty tracts, you know, uh, of all of the, the census tracts, there's something like 40 percent of them that I think 
I, I'm probably totally wrong because I made that number up, but uh, that are completely empty. There are a large number of them that are just like they're wilderness. I, you know, they're, they're, hey, look, this forest has zero people on the census. And yet somehow they put in 600,000 votes for Biden. We we don't understand it either, but we're counting them anyway because we want them in. Off, OK, I'm, I'm going to stop. That is the forest you want to live in so you can be completely off the grid so you don't have to worry about. Are you kidding? It's full of fucking Democrats. I don't want to live there. <laughs> the the empty forest is. <laughs> what, is it, what are they doing? What are they doing out there? Making up votes. But you can avoid things like uh, facial recognition. Which I thought this was an interesting story, which is a uh, Massachusetts, the mass holes, the first state to pass legislation restricting the use of facial recognition uh, recognition technologies uh, oh, at the state level yes so i know boston did it uh several months ago this maybe they're catching up but of course this is uh this is because Portland did it too but this is yeah, racist you know the, yes the technology is racist um which it's an interesting story and i know we've broken it down a little bit already what, I mean, one of the few racist things you're not going to see amazon virtue signaling about well the interesting thing about this is the reality of how accurate facial recognition is the accuracy goes down if you have darker skin so isn't this actually a good thing if you're a criminal with darker skin is this something that is racist are are you assuming that people with darker skin are criminals no but i said if you are a criminal with darker skin you're less likely to be picked up than a criminal with light skin. So who this is really racist against are the people white as a sheet Irishman like me who could be picked up much easier and, and who don't wear masks. Right. See, that is also although I can if, wear if a mask you have darker of skin face. and you wear a mask everywhere you can you go. You can you can commit every crime you want and facial recognition. Well, then again, uh, it, it, mask or no, regardless of color of your skin in a lot of these cities, you can commit crimes that the cops won't pick you up anyway. All you have to do is run from them or steal less right. than $900 or just jog. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, right. Any foot pursuit. So it doesn't even say you have to run. You could just walk briskly. That's still a foot pursuit. So, I, I, yes. Facial recognition is. It, it, it is a, a simple fact of physics that it is easier when when there's high contrast. And by the way, by the way, the facial recognition assumes uh, a dark background. And that's the reason why it has more trouble picking out in or, or low lighting. And that's true of a lot of places where facial recognition is used. But if you are on a, a bright tropical beach, then the, the dark skinned person actually is uh, a lot easier to pick out. And the person whose face is completely washed out by the sun might be difficult, but yeah, it, it, it's physics. And it, of course, people who want to divide people by race are going to scream racism. Yes. And I just thought it was interesting. It says the most this is an article from the Washington Examiner, which seems like a Washington publication. That's not completely crazy. Um, the most notable divergences were occurring for black people, women and 18 to 30 year olds. And I'm like, is it maybe they didn't deal with anybody under 18 because I don't understand why it would just be everything up to 18. We're, we're fine. But 18 to 30, it's harder to to get a grasp on. I don't exactly get uh the reasoning and i am torn on this subject because we have data when it comes to a lot of this meaning if you have a ring doorbell video 
of somebody being assaulted and you have a clear photograph of the person that committed the assault, I have no problem with them running that through a database. You know, it's uh, there are some people that will call it a privacy issue. It's like, mm, I don't know. Well, it depends. Every time that somebody justifies uh, using a technology to, uh, a, you know, to invade someone's privacy on the grounds that, hey, well, they, they committed a crime. Uh, yes, it, it, obviously, I want people who commit crimes if if they are actual crimes and not something made up because it was on the books. I I want them to not do that, and and enforcement is probably is one of the primary ways. Obviously, things like assault, murder, rape, uh, anything that infringes rights that's uh, real crimes. Um, but whenever you make the argument of oh, it's good that this technology screws over people because it only screws over people who who commit crimes. Um, remember that the other thing that you can insert into the argument is a, a political dissident or, or a, a freedom fighter as you, if you were, yeah, but that um, can still be done. I mean, this is the, this is kind of going back to only criminals, you know, don't, you know, the full following the law concept, because this is how the police are going to use this. And I understand that. And this, the, one of the things which made a whole lot of sense here was to use this kind of technology. Massachusetts is now forcing you to get a warrant from a judge. That I think is absolutely perfect. The reality is there are sites out there now where I can put anybody's photo into it online and it will scour the internet and find the closest matches. And it works scarily well. And you're not going to tell me that individuals aren't going to use this. There's no way to keep that from happening at this point. The the technology is out there. The ability is out there that if, you know, again, if I have a ring doorbell video of somebody being assaulted in front of my house, well, I could just take a picture of the assailant if I have a face shot and put that into one of these and get the information. And, you know, the cops are going to be doing that anyway. They may not be able to use the resulting. If the cops if the cops do anything with it, then, yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, it's. uh I don't know. I mean, it's, if if somebody just comes up and steals your packages off your doorstep, the cops probably aren't going to do anything unless you're in an area that policing still happens. Right. Or if it was worth more than a thousand dollars. Yeah. Which which is pretty damn hard to prove. Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it's so it's interesting. I mean, the tech. this is another case. You can't put the technology back into the bottle. So the no. technology is there. I do think this is a good step requiring a court order, getting a warrant. To be able I, to I get agree the, that uh, in making it so uh, increasing the the requirement of proof is is well making it so that it's it's more difficult to apply selective enforcement is definitely a good thing. And I would even be all for saying you can't use the driver's license photos, which is what these a lot of these states have been doing, because anybody that wants to drive, well, you have the photo, you have their name, you have their address. I don't even think you need to use that. Most people have a v- way better pictures up on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all oh, of these yeah. sites. I want people to use my, my Mastodon uh, image. What, what do you have what? for Oh, you're drawing. That's a yeah, drawing. A, That's hard to. Yeah. I want, I want that to be the one that people feed into the, the facial recognition database. It's like, uh, no faces found <laughs> or, or the one of my cat. Well, yeah, the cat, it could be committing crimes left and right, to be fair. It's a cat. They do that. 
the uh, another story I had, which I thought was interesting, just because I wanted to uh, to mention this website, which is uh, the FBI is now going to be sharing if they're investigating some of these data breaches, they will now be sharing any po- <clears throat> excuse me any pwned passwords with the Have I Been Pwned website, which I thought was fantastic because you know we need to get more of these in the database right now. There's already a page on haveibeenpwned.com slash passwords, which lets you put in any password to see how many times it's been a part of one of these breaches, how many times it's been used. And they have a database now of over 613 million passwords. And I thought this was interesting because, you know, you could type in something as simple as one, two, three, four, five, six, which I believe was the most used. And uh, that shows you that password has been in breaches over 24 million times, which <laughs> it sounds right. Yes. Now, what, if, what uh, you know, another one, the word password. Well, yeah, password itself has been used three million eight hundred and sixty one times in this database. But what I thought was really inter- interesting is the term Bemrose one hundred and thirteen times with the lowercase b. <laughs> of course, you checked. With the right, well, no, see, this is interesting. Uppercase B, 48 times. But then I'm like, I was thinking, like, well, um, all lowercase, Adriana Lima. No, wait, I spelled that wrong here. Let me try this. A-D-R-I-A-N-A-L-I-M-A. 789 times Adriana Lima, the password, was found with all lowercase. It's well, interesting. Not, not everybody gets to have sex with her, but now we know some of the people who want to. Yes, there's at least 789 different <laughs> accounts who are using that as a password with the uh, lowercase. And if you go to the uppercase A&L, only 11. So why do people just use lowercase? Do they not know that adding the uppercase adds so much uh, more? Well, well, they might, but it's always, always, always about security versus convenience. Yeah, that's it, true. It's, it's it's difficult to push the shift key and another key at the same time. That's complicated. It, it it makes the password that much more difficult to type. And more importantly, it makes the password that much more difficult to tell somebody, especially, you know, in, uh, uh, verbally. Like if I was trying to tell you my password, I'm like, OK, it's capital O uh, uh, apostrophe. No, not not the quote mark. No, that, not the tilde. That's totally that it's yeah. No, you just use the back tick. The back notes, the one to the left of the one key. Okay. And the N with a capital letter E I L L. Yeah. It, 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 it's complicated. And I still I, run I into that. the apostrophe makes the name invalid. Thank you, Meyer. It does not. <laughs> it's, but, well, that's what you get for having an apostrophe in your name. Who I does know, that? I know the Irish, but I, this, this was a very weird result here. I typed in all lowercase Harry hamster. 85 times it's been used it's in their database so i have a question and you might not have the answer to this is okay. who who runs the have i been pwned website um let's see i'm sure they will tell you who is behind this At, uh, and, and the reason i asked this is my follow-up is is uh where is this data going what is it going to be used for and is it available outside of the website or or not yes you can uh, download it, it it's all in hash form so you can run oh, that that's against good. Um, and figure these things out. Uh, who is behind the site? It is Troy Hunt, a Microsoft regional director and most valuable professional awardee for development security blogger at TroyHunt.com, international speaker on web security, author of many top selling courses for web developers on 
plural site, whatever that is. I am I am much less concerned about it as soon as you said that they they published their database. Yes, they do. Uh, and and the reason is you 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 know you said that the the FBI is putting passwords into this, and if it was a proprietary corporate database, then we've got yet another unhealthy corporate uh, you know public private partnership. Um, if it's going out direct to the public directly or indirectly, then anybody can download the data set and actually verify things. Yes, there's just, information right on the page on how to download. So they actually I, seem to be doing something for good, yeah. which, wow. And if, if if Troy ever decided to sell to some Chinese company, you know, do, do you want all of that data to, uh, I don't know what they would do with it, but I, I'm just, I, you understand where my red flag came from. It sounds like this place is... is Yes. Cool about it, though. C. Mike says it was created as an exercise Troy did to learn Azure. He's not even a real security guy. Well, it seems like he is, though, now. He sounds like he is. He's bringing the information. So he may not know how to how to hack, but at least he's doing something for good for the community. And it's an interesting thing just to throw your password in to see how many times it's been used. And if you're using a password that you think, oh, I'm really clever, I'm using this, nobody would ever use it. And it shows up that it's been used hundreds, if not thousands of times. You might want to think about investing in a program yeah. that can randomize your passwords. Yeah. If, if you're choosing a password, it, it, um, it, if it's, well, first of all, if you're choosing a password, you need to come up with something truly random. And, and, and here's a hint. The human brain is not good at random. So, uh, there, there's lots of tools out there. Password managers will all do it for free, uh, to create truly random passwords. But if you are, going to go against that advice and choose something made up of dictionary words as a password it doesn't hurt to just kind of submit it to a site like this and be like how many times is it used oh there's thirteen thousand people who've used this exact same password maybe i won't yeah maybe it's not super secure see mike says he's been trying to sell but if it's an open database i don't know what you're even selling except for the website well that's and that's the reason for all of the closed databases is that data is the most valuable asset for a lot of companies. If you open it, what are you selling? Exactly. But I mean, we will uh, applaud him for the work he's doing and it's a good yeah. site to check out. If uh, I mean, I know a lot of, I know Bitdefender that I use as far as an antivirus and they want to get into all these other, uh, you know, every aspect of security now that they want, like, Oh, if you give us access to your, password lists and stuff you know right we'll tell you if it's you know been on one of these you know things and you know again you have to trust the companies that you're dealing with and it's always good to have more data and i don't know if i'd want to give up the data but when there are sites like this that you can go and anonymously just punch this in without any uh although as we've talked about you better use a vpn routed through tor routed through something else Otherwise, uh, you randomly checking your password. Somebody may be trying to fingerprint you. At oh, this. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're if your ISP is tracking all the packets, you've got somebody down there going, oh, that looked like a password. We'll just save this one. Uh huh. Add it to the list that we can try. Well, that is. I remember back in yeah. the add, uh, add it to the have I been pwned list while we're at it. Right. I mean, I remember back in the days of John the Ripper, baby, the program that you could run if you were able to get a password list off of a server so if you just got the hashed password list this would go through and try to decrypt that it would take a long time you know unless the passwords were fairly simple 
and it would also allow you to have a dictionary based attack meaning rather than it just going through one 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 two two oh yeah it would use automated automated brute force tools yes it would help the brute force and it was amazing how quick it would guess well not guess how well, when i mean hashes have changed a little bit sha256 is a little harder to 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 crack than say what route 13 yeah oh yeah back in the day though that was it yeah we hope security's got back in the day better. route 13 was it was pretty good encryption it was i mean it because the i mean the because the attacker was somebody who was just watching the text go across the modem and they're like oh that just looks like noise and ignore it but uh well, it's why, you know, for all of my communication back in the day, I used to double rot 13 encrypt everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were you were hardcore, man. Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing about it is it, when you when you encrypt with rot 13. In fact, if I wanted really good security, I'd, I'd encrypt it with rot 13 four times. And uh, when you do that, it's covered by the DMCA. So reading it suddenly violates the law. But the DMCA has no teeth. Use a use a VPN. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you think if you think you can protect yourself, yeah, it's, it's amazing how many people out there, no matter what the laws are, how many people out there just don't follow them when there's no consequences. <laughs> we were to, we're going full circle to where we started today. Which, yes. Yeah, laws are meant to be broken, especially if the law enforcement for that particular jurisdiction has made it clear they are not going to do anything about said breaking of laws. I don't get it. Well, I had one more story. Whoa. Was it uh, that the it, Rugrats mom's going to be gay now in the new series? No. Okay. I didn't hear that one. It's is, true. is that a story you wanted to bring? <laughs> well, is, is yes that no, I didn't want to bring it. In? I didn't want to bring it. Okay. Was, then we're not going to. <laughs> I was aware. No, of the this original is a bone, series. This is a bone that I want to throw to the bends because we always get crap about not talking enough tech. Um, and honestly, this one is something that fascinated and interested me. Um, it, it's so not you saved I'm, it to the end of the show. Yeah, obviously. Right. <laughs> well, I, because the people, the people who bail out of our show early don't deserve the good stories. Yeah, I can't argue that. Yeah. So uh, this is Windows 10 has a package manager suddenly. Whoa. Uh, well, not, not really that sudden. They announced it. Uh, well, they announced it last month at Build. Um there is, uh, a, but it is now available on the Insider builds, and if you have the the main ring, then you can download it if you want. But coming up in the next major update, it's going to be in all versions of Windows 10. It is uh, the command line version, or the command is called Winget, W-I-N-G-E-T, and you get to enter uh, commands like Winget install power toys, Winget search VS code, uh, Winget upgrade dash all. Um, you uh, the result is that you have a command line package manager where it runs installers now uh it's not quite uh the level of the app getter or something like that in so much as we have not we have not defeated the evil wizards yet uh what it does is you get uh it supports msi msix or executable installers um which means that you it has there is an online database the current version only supports the uh community repository that microsoft added so uh, the current version only supports the microsoft repository but they assure you that you will be able to add uh well they they've already released a tool for adding packages to the microsoft community repository which i guess is why 
they call it community. It has a lot of the big ones like Firefox, uh, Chrome. Uh, uh, well, I mean, everybody already has Chrome. They have to. The first thing you do with Edge. Um, but um, they if, if you have code and you want to add it to the repository, they've already created a tool for that. Um, they've also created a reference implementation to implement a REST API to host your own repository. And by the time the tool releases for real, it will support multiple repositories. So um, what, what it does is the repository is just metadata and a place to download or a, a pointer to download. Uh, an installer, usually an MSI file, right. and running it will simply launch the MSI. So, uh, like I said, it, it doesn't look like we've defeated the evil wizards yet because uh, a lot of installers still require you to click through the next, 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 yes, you know, no, I don't want this in my start menu. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, right. you know how installers go. Uh, however, uh, what this does is saves you a lot of effort assuming that you trust the repository you're using it saves you the effort of having to go out and figure out where the installer is and download it and that i think is a big impediment for a lot of people so um this is i mean to a certain extent it's it's just kind of a new command line version of the windows store that lets you Go to the command line and uh, you know, the place where this is going to be amazing is if you manage a lot of computers via script, um, then you can go and just run Winget install uh, Firefox right. on all the computers via remote and it will just deal with it. Assuming that you, you know, assuming again, this assumes the installer has an, an unattended mode, which not all of them do. Uh, but. I think this is a huge step and, and I, I, I hate applauding Microsoft, but I, I, I definitely like the idea of this. It's, uh, this is I'm sorry. probably a step in the right direction. I'll echo though what C Mike has been saying in the troll room, which is chocolatey has been around for a while. Something yeah. that I've talked about and have been using that I was probably, about to point that out. In fact, it's but, probably yeah. still better than what Microsoft is coming up, but this is a first step. And I will say, if you're not using a package manager for this kind of stuff, it makes things a lot easier. When I set up this system, I took all the stuff I was running on my old system, just made a list, installed it all with chocolatey. The other thing it makes yeah. super easy is, you know, every now and then I just go into the command line and t- uh, type in, you know, choco upgrade or update all and with the yep. slash Y and it just updates everything. It's beautiful. So it looks like it looks like Winget supports both of those. It's going to support exporting your current uh, set of installed packages as a JSON file. And then import it on another computer. So I, I mean, it, it the, the, I, I was absolutely going to bring up, uh, chocolatey. So see Mike, thank you for mentioning that, but it was already in my notes. So I don't need you. Uh, <laughs> I use but, it all uh, the time here. Here is the place where this is superior to chocolatey in the minds of a lot of people. You don't have, you to, don't do have to install chocolatey. Right. It will come with windows. It is supplied by Microsoft. It will be in every version of windows. Now, if you are the kind of person who doesn't trust Microsoft and or is totally cool with using third party utilities like Chocolatey, I think that for the first several versions, Chocolatey is probably going to be better. It's been around a lot longer. It, it will necessarily be. Um, it, it also I know for a fact that right now Chocolatey supports a lot richer repository um, because the repository is just getting off the ground. Um, I, for one, am extremely happy that Microsoft has decided that they're going to put this into the operating system because although it's going to be 
uh, it, it's going to be feature poor early on and it's not, the repository is not going to be full and there's certainly going to be a hell of a lot of software that's not available yet. Um, I really like the direction this is going. Yeah, it's a good thing. And, um, see Mike also points out that Shockley is built upon PowerShell, your favorite thing in the world, and it will be ported to Linux and Mac. Now, the thing I thought was interesting, there was another story this week. People can go look it up that the Windows 10 now includes the ability to run GUI programs that are GUI Linux programs, which I thought was, again, Microsoft moving in a direction I haven't expected them to move, which it's it's kind of fun to watch because they are embracing a lot more of the Linux slash open source kind of stuff. And uh, I mean, I can't say that's a bad thing in any way, shape or form. I certainly wasn't expecting that to uh, to happen just a few years ago. Now, if you can download, I don't know how well this works quite yet, but if you can download a Linux app and just run it within Windows without having to run a virtual machine and stuff like that, I think that is a step in the right direction. A lot like this package manager is because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to add extra things. Like you said, they're gonna be like, well, what's this chocolate? When I first found it, I was like, who are these people? Should I trust what these, you know, what they're sending me when I install the stuff, when it's directly from Microsoft? I think you're right. There is a much bigger trust factor, even though, I mean, we could debate why that's a bad thing. Well, we can debate whether or not it's deserved, but there are a lot of people out there who trust Microsoft more than trusting a downloading a third party thing. And uh, the very act of running Windows requires a certain level of trust of the company, no matter which direction you go. You and I are both using Windows machines, which means that at some level, we trust Microsoft to have written code that we're willing to run on our hardware and even do a podcast with. Woo. I mean, I'd go to Apple, but, you know, it's too much money. <laughs> and 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 honestly are they much better um uh, only for silent pcs i would that when the if the new mac mini comes out and it has enough ports and the ability to plug in three monitors without having to buy another 200 dollar uh device to do display adapter stuff i might buy one yeah, what, what is with the, every display adapter only having two ports no matter what Why? i don't know i don't know it, 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 to, to be, to, do do Nvidia and and who's the other one? ATI AMD yeah do, do they not understand that that three monitors is the new two monitors come on <laughs> I don't get with know. the program yeah I need three for doing the podcast especially I need yeah. three got the recording well, in need, one window got the troll room in one window got your screen in the other and some notes you need multiple in fact monitors. I need a I need a fourth one because I've got the troll room on one monitor. I've got no agenda social on one monitor. I've got my notes in front of me. And then my clean feed window just has to float back and forth. And uh, <laughs> God help me if I click in the wrong place and suddenly lose access to my mute button. Or don't close the clean feed window. That's podcaster downtime. Yeah. But we no do want to thank you for your courage for battling through a day. I mean, you had some dental work done a couple of days ago. So, I mean, oh, if, yeah, if- they, they took a blender <laughs> to the inside of my mouth. An actual blender that we need video for that. No, it was a scalpel. But we have this new de- like with this new device, and they they cut into the top of your mouth. That doesn't sound like fun. No, but another it, it, it was a thing. Another step towards getting that uh, that college indiscretion taken care of. I mean, did you think? Yeah, I I will <laughs> I will go and go ahead and I I know this is advice that any dentist will give you, but I'm not a dentist, and I'll just give this to you. Take care of your teeth. Because you'll miss them when they're gone. And, and this is freaking complicated. 
yeah, it's not easy to just be like, ah, now they'll just throw some new ones in. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. We're not at that magical time yet where, you know, the uh, anything yeah. they do inside your mouth. I, I mean, I, I good. They have the technology to replace teeth that are missing, broken, fallout, whatever. Bad. It is extremely expensive and time consuming. Yes. And it can be painful if you have yeah, a some, doctor some that, of it. I'm not enjoying it. If that doesn't know what they're doing, but we are. At least I am. I'm taking Monday off. I think you're taking Monday off as well. Well deserved for Memorial Day. Yes, yes. I I think we are not going to have a show on Monday. So that would be good. Um, we enjoy the time with your family. That, it's possible that some jerk might get on the stream and and just play tunes or something, but uh, don't count on it. No, I mean enjoy the day with your family. It's Memorial Day. There's My family always- can't stand me. <laughs> not even Bemlet and the kids. They're like, no, Uncle Ryan, wear the mask. with with some duct tape over your mouth yeah oh not on not on your face Uh, (laughs) right well they want to give you multiple masks so that means it'll be until uh next friday we'll be back to do another episode of grumpy old bands i'm sure in the next week a lot will happen and i'm sure all of you will go to grumpy slash donate to let us know how mad you are that you're missing out on a grumpy old bands on monday those higher donations they get listened to But with that said, we will be back again for another fun and exciting episode. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where our mayor is always going to be a Democrat. And from America's left coast, where we use the sword of privacy to defeat the evil chocolatey wizards. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Oh, Bemrose. Why did you do that? Yeah!